bonus time on the ITC. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with a special WWE bonus edition as we roll out a much-promised series of must-hear interviews from SummerSlam weekend, as usual around here, that are underwritten and injected by that performance-enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, yes, in fact, the voice that you hear. And the last time I checked, still the name that's on the marquee. I run this show around here, not you, Jack. Remember that, seriously. And while all you ITC listeners already know that this is the only place to go in the great combat audio war for the best podcast analysis across all three fight sports, if you're in the market for, let's say, winning picks and fantasy advice, there's another place for you to go. And that, of course, is Sportsline. They combine simulations with expert analysis to give you an edge all football season. And football is just about to kick off here. Sportsline members get picks from experts, former handicappers and computer simulations, and deep fantasy analysis covering who you should draft, who you should add, start, and more. Plus, members have exclusive access to daily fantasy lineups from DFS millionaire Mike McClure. Join Sportsline today and get your first month for only $1 by using the promo code PASS. That's P-A-S-S. Just go to sportsline.com slash join and enter promo code PASS. P-A-S-S. During payment, you get Sportsline now for $1. Terms apply. Visit sportsline.com slash offer for details. But with the business out of the way, we're not going to fool around here. We're going to get right to the meat of it. And I need my co-host to help me navigate and chop said meat up. Say hello to the bad guy. You know him. Nothing much more to say. He's the Silver King. Adam Silverstein. Hey now. That's the most tepid introduction of all time. And I'll tell you why, folks. Brian Campbell is still... Salty because Brian screwed Brian. And what he didn't tell you with that sports line read, by the way, that is a property of CBSSports.com. The Silver King and handsome Nick Costos both make picks on it. And the Silver King hit college football at 60% and NFL at 62% last year. That's right. I'm not guaranteeing success in 2018, but I can tell you I was successful in 2017. And if he wasn't, he will hedge himself back in there. Hey, we'll have a lot more, of course, on Wednesday's show about the future of our pro wrestling show, the fallout from last weekend's or last week's unfortunate episode. But, Adam, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I, I don't want to really use the the name Nick Costos too much on this show for you today. I'd like to get into stuff that we really care about, and that's interviewing WWE superstars, getting fired up, having some fun chats with them, if you will. Last week on our show, we heard from Elias the Miz, Finn Balor. We have nine more interviews to roll out for the fans this week. So, look, you've already been in my DMs, listeners. I know who's on the BC side in the Great War, if you will, after lines were drawn. I know who gets it, who can hear Jimmy. I know who knows how to expect more. But we're not here to dig up those old graves. Really, you want to go back and hear it? You can decide for yourself. But just know, you're either with me or you're against me, all right? That's it, that's it, that's it. They're mostly it. against you. That's it, let's move on. Let's move on from there, Adam Silver, Silverstein. The, yeah, they're, they're mostly against you, but I'll tell you who's not. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Becky Lynch, who 
were candid, uh, both semi-hysterical. Uh, I say that in a good way, meaning funny, not hysterical crying, um, and really provided some insight into their background and kind of how they got to where they are now. We interviewed Becky Lynch before SummerSlam, you know, and we aired that already on the ITC. This was another pre-SummerSlam interview. And I'm not going to give any spoilers to a take, a very strong take I have coming out of it. Uh, but I think we should just throw it to the listeners and let them enjoy. I love talking to Jeff Hardy, Brother Nero, my hero. And I love, to this day, still love the Jeff Hardy dance. Do you want to rock out with me a little? Sure, Can we do yeah, like yeah. the... Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, look at this. Look at this guy right here. This is the best. That's called the juke, man. It is. Okay, where did it come from? Break it down here. Uh, Michael Hayes. Uh, if you watch old Freebird footage, uh, you'll notice Michael Hayes would always go, before he made the tag, he'd go, and, like moonwalk. <laughs> make the tag. So it's, it's a modified version of what Michael Hayes started. Now, can I use this in the club? Can I smash with a dance like this? Of course, yeah. Some good techno rock, man. Yeah. Of all course right, you can. Right, I'm not with that. This guy's an artist, a musician. He's a renaissance man. He's also got a badass paint, face paint thing going on right now. With the eyes closed and the eyes, it blew. It took me like two weeks to figure out what was going on. Yeah. What's this process like, man? It's a lot of work, you know, and I'm even, uh, I think it's a, a, a modified Brother Nero because, you know, naturally when Matt became woken, it was a little different than broken. Uh, so I think this is my version of the new Brother Nero, and it's going to only evolve more. Uh, but that's why I, I broke out the white contacts. I figured, why not? It's in WWE. I'm doing this paint. So I got four eyes. And so why not bring the white eyes out? It's, it's not that easy to wrestle in, but I, I've been making it okay. Cause everything is blurry. No, um, the eyeballs on the eyelid is so inventive. I've never seen that. What's the influence on that? I did it in a YouTube video years ago just for some strange reason. And I, I thought to myself, wow, that, I should do this when I come out to the ring, you know, and just close my eyes. And I had this vision. And then I started doing it in TNA years ago. And, like, it was some of that I would work my butt off every night and doing Instagram picture would be different every night. So to be here in WWE doing it now, it's, it's very kind of surreal to me, you know, and, and the people are actually digging it. Uh, it's only going to get better. Can you tell me the process? How long do you get help these days when you do a face paint like you do on SmackDown? What's what's that length? Uh, it's all me, and I, I usually, I'm comfortable with ne having an hour, but I can usually get it done in 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, but I, I love taking my time, but like at TV, for example, it's so rough because, you know, you, you have to do memorize stuff, remember matches, you know, think about ideas, and then you fit time in there to, you know, paint your face and hopefully be, and be proud of what you've done and then I got to make time to go out there and get my Instagram video or picture just to capture the night um, so yes yeah, it becomes obsolete exactly because it will if you don't because <laughs> it won't be uh, it won't be documented but anyway um, yeah it's just I had this weird image and it's usually it starts with the color and I have this design in my head and the cool thing about it though is when I start it always turns out completely different and, and then and, and I always doubt until I, like, give it a few days and go back and look at it. Okay, that was all right. Kind of like when I paint on canvas. Like, I don't really like it at first, but it'll grow on me. All right. Do you have influences? Because, you know, you know, you and Matt, longtime wrestling fans, you got into the game so early. Was there face painters in the 80s that, that influenced you to want to do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was a combination of Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. You know, like, Sting at the time was in NWA or when it became WCW. And then the Warrior and WWE, you know, and uh, the Warrior was crazy. But Sting's would be different every night when he was the blonde haired thing and that's what I loved about him I was like well, this guy's how's he come up with these ideas and I saw him one night in Fedville North Carolina and uh, the music came on I reached out and touched him on the shoulder and I'll never forget feeling like I want to make somebody 
feel uh, like he made me feel, you know, and, and here I am hopefully having the same influence on young up-and-coming uh, wannabe wrestlers. Oh, I love Surfer Sting. Did you connect with him years later when you became a, a top flight wrestler? Do you have these conversations? Yeah, for sure, man. We talked about face paint. He actually tried to use the, the markers I use and it didn't work out too well for him because it's very different. Mine's very, it gets very dry. Um, but yeah, and he, he I, we, we did a six man or something at one point, and I, and I was the last one to come to the ring, and I was I'd been doing the eyes closed thing with the eyelids painted, and he said he said something like, "Kid, you have took my spot," and I was like, "What? Ow! <laughs> Can't believe I just heard that." Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was that meant the world All to right, me. Final question on face paint. This turned out awesome, by the way. Finn Balor, I'm sure you respect game and what he's doing, the full body, the face when he does do the demon character. When you saw that for the first couple of times, what'd you think? Oh, I loved it, man. I, I thought it was crazy, especially his entrance music is so rocking, man, and, and cool. And I still have this image in my head. We did a table for three a while back, and I was like, okay, before I'm done, before you're done, it's going to happen. The Enigma versus the demon, all painted up. Like, I, I'll go all, all upper body, too. You know, it'd be such a cool moment for the fans. And the WWE Universe. You've had such a great legendary career, such different characters, incarnations. Dude, I'm not fooling around here. Willow still kind of gives me nightmares. That must have come from some kind of dark place. <laughs> it's an amazing character. When I call up the YouTube clips, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how close I want to go to that. Where'd that come from? Yeah, Willow is, um, he, he is my, uh, the, the god of my imagination, the property we live on, like my little five acres of land or whatever, and my motocross track. Like, Willow's the god there in some mad way in my mind. Like, he, he runs the place. And uh, it was very, uh, Marilyn Manson had a lot of influence in Willow. Like I said, let me do some kind of dark black character and, and with the mask. And uh, so a lot came from Manson, but I still see that happening in WWE before I'm done. But I, I got to break out the black wedding dress uh, with the mask and just go all out. Those Willow promos were so fun to do, and uh, I look forward to doing those again. All right, in closing, people go a whole career to have one moment, a WrestleMania moment. You've To, to pick out the defining moment of Jeff Hardy's career, you can pick a few. What's the one for you? What's the one moment? The one moment, uh, it's got to be WrestleMania 33 when we, we came back to WWE, man. We were reconnected after all these years with the WWE Universe, and and, and they welcomed us with open arms, and uh, it was just, uh, oh, gosh. There was there was times before we came back that I thought it, it might not, never happen, uh, but it did, and, and here I am, man. Uh, so, yeah, I want to continue my, to move on. My cameraman, Jamie, Jamie was one of the many people in the crowd that night that popped. You got the biggest pop of the night. Was that the largest noise you've heard for yourself in a wrestling situation? I think so, because those stages, Stadiums, you know, a lot of times it's hard to hear stuff. Like if you do a good high spot and like, what, did, did that suck? I mean, I can't hear the no reaction, but we heard each and every sound that night and it was amazing. Considering you guys were wrestling for a different company that weekend and you had a tailgate party before WrestleMania that day and nobody was sure. I know the, the WWE cameras documented, but what's it like in your mind when you're snuck into the back of the stadium and you're going up the stairs and you really don't know what the crowd's going to do? It was, uh, yeah, it, it was nuts, man. And I just remembered... Uh, that Ring of Honor match the night before, like it was a lot worse than that match at Mania. Like I took about 24 super kicks, went through three tables, I think, and it was, I was all banged up, but not banged up enough that I couldn't perform. But uh, no, it was just, I, I felt super good up there in that gorilla position. The main thing that made us very comfortable is everybody, Vince, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, man, they were just so glad to see us there. And it just, that right there made me feel great. And I remember well, I was yelling and stuff because I was so nervous and Michael Hayes said, hey, why don't you try breathing? I said, good idea. <laughs> so I started breathing and it, it all worked out. The cool thing is that every single WrestleMania seems to have one moment that defines it, that makes a poster in your mind. You think 33, we think Hardy's coming back. So congratulations on that. Being back, being a single superstar again, it, it, it's, it's great as a fan to watch that. Continued luck and health on everything you do. Thank you very much. And it might, we might do, uh, alter egos might be obsolete. It might be alter Nero's. Ever thought about that? Wow, Nero, my hero. I, I love to say that. that. <laughs>
Extreme <laughs> fire already with Becky Lynch. We're both going to drink coffee during this interview. I got I got coffee in here. I don't know what you have. Uh, I also have coffee, but um, I may have gotten two shots too many. They oh. said, so our Americanos are usually like this size, So, but I wanted a large, and they're like, well, do you want just extra water or extra water and an extra double shot? And I was like, Give me the extra double shot, of course. Why wouldn't you, right? Of course. Why not? All right. Yeah, it's SummerSlam. For, forgive fine. my coffee breath, Airbex. You know, oh, me, well, me too. We're in All the right. same boat. Uh, true or false, you were a stewardess for Aer Lingus for two years, according to your Wikipedia page. This is truth. This is truth. So, um... There was a time in my life where I got confused, I got lost, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I went off, I'd been a, an independent wrestler for years upon years, and uh, I went off into the wilderness and tried every possible thing that I might want to do. My mom was a flight attendant for 29 years. She was handing in a resignation. She said, will I hand in your resume? I was like, eh, what else am I doing? Sure, go ahead. And that's it. That's how I ended up working as a flight attendant for two you, and a half years. Did you ever prevent somebody from joining the Mile High Club, Bex? I know that's a personal question, but people will try things on a plane. Yeah, look, here's my thing. I don't think that happens very often. I've never seen it. I've never witnessed I'm also slightly naive, right? Okay. But, uh... <laughs> part but of I your never, charm. Part, part of the charm, maybe. Still can harm and then disarm, but, you know. Um, I've never seen it. And I also never really had, like, a crazy, rowdy passenger. I had one guy who was really mean. He was just mean. He didn't want to, like, put his bags up and they, he was mean. But I kept being really nice to him. By the end of it, he was, like, tipping me and things. And I, I've never tipped a flight attendant. Have you ever tipped a flight attendant? I have not. I didn't think that, I'm that a was really a thing bad that tipper. you do. But I didn't think that was a thing you do. And I was like, oh, okay. I was poor at the time. I'll take it. <laughs> Let me talk to you. You're an Irish sensation and a superstar. There's a gentleman named Conor McGregor who is also. Have you met? Has he endorsed you? Is there a relationship? Um, I've, I've never met him. Uh, I've, I've tweeted him a few times, and I, I know he follows me on Twitter and stuff. Um, uh, but no, I've never uh, conversed with him. I'm a huge fan of his work. I think he's just, uh, what he's done for the fight game is incredible. And what a businessman. Uh, what a character. What a personality. Um, I trained with his sister in the gym a few times. Can she fight? Uh, we were just lifting weights. Okay. She can lift weights. She can lift the heavy chain. Do you like Connor's chances after two years on October 6th in Las Vegas against Habib Nurmagomedov? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, I think he's been working so hard um, uh, with with wrestling and everything like that. And you can see that with the athletes that he's brought into SBG. Um, I I think I think he might just catch him because Khabib's stand-up game isn't, you know, he's Ooh, a great yeah. wrestler, but I don't know. Both guys' strength is the other man's weakness, so exactly. I love that matchup, and certainly you're well-educated on UFC. Is is your, is your the man in your life, is, is this still the UFC fellow? Uh, it is not. <laughs> okay, very personal question. We'll revert from the record, take that back. Let's go back to talking about more inappropriate things. No, um, but you're, you got a knowledge of the game. Was my I do point. have a knowledge of the okay. game, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah I'm a big on. fan, I'm a big fan. Speaking of MMA wrestling crossovers, you have the great disarmer as a finishing move. You will yes. not be feuding with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. You have a great triple threat title match in your future, but who has the better armbar submission? Me. Why? Undoubtedly. Okay, here's why, right? Hers is, of course, have you have you been in a straight armbar before? I have not. I'm Very painful, very painful. We'll snap your arm, right? But from my location, I can snap your arm and choke you out with my leg at the same time. So it's a double whammy. All right, I'll, I'll yeah. take that. Um, the man who trained you in wrestling 
the great Finn Balor is, yes. is in this room. So is Jeff Hardy. Who has the better face paint abilities and would you trust them to paint you up for a match? Oh, wow. Put, gonna put me on the spot like that. Okay, all right. My childhood hero and then my other hero. Finn Balor. Hero Nero, yes. Philip Fellows. Oh, oh, I was saying Fergo is my hero, but that also works. Hero Nero. No, I missed it. All right. Um, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, with, with Finn Balor be, just because it's full body. It's full body. All right, all right. Would you ever wrestle a match in that type of setup in the right gimmick, right character, right setting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it seems fun. I like putting on face paint. I, I study theater. Yeah. Well, well talented Bex Balboa here. <laughs> Did you ever meet Sly Stallone to, to coincide I with that? I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I would love to. All right. Yeah. You're back on top. Triple threat for the championship. Look, we're journalists, but what does that really mean? We're kind of fans. The fans want to see the belt back on Beck's waist, let's be honest. Uh, I know, and, and, and that's the thing. I, I want to prove them all right. You know, I've had so much support for so many years. No matter how down I was, they were always there, always rooting for me, always cheering for me. Uh, I want to give everybody uh, that moment, that, that thank you for supporting me. And it hasn't fallen on deaf ears, and, and, and we're doing this, and, and we're taking over the show, and, and, and hopefully that will be an inspiration that even when it looks like you're, you're always getting uh, the, the wrong end of the stick and, and you're, 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 you're getting the scraps, that one day you're going to come out on top. So. I love it. The inspirational Beck Balboa, Becky Lynch. Best of luck to you. Great talking to you. Hey, we did coffee together. Cheers. You know, I, Adam, I mentioned it last week, but I didn't know this. Never met him before. Jeff Hardy's a really down-to-earth, cool dude. Not that I guess I would have expected different, but with that face-painting, theatrical, artist, weird side to him, yeah, I never knew what I was going to get when he comes up and offers his hand to shake it. I love this guy, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, um, I've never really thought of him as anything, but I could see potentially at times when he might have been inebriated, acting differently. But it seemed like most of his inebriation were downers, not uppers, you know, so back in that back in that time. So that tells me the type of person he is. And obviously, Matt seems very down to earth as well. So none of that really surprised me coming out of the interview. I thought it was interesting to hear some of his motivation, not just for the dance. Uh, I forgot what he called that. The juke. But the juke. That's right. Uh, but his face painting and kind of where it all came from. And the fact that this is something he's wanted to do for a long time. Not just that he came up with it, you know, right before SmackDown one day. His name is Jeff Harvey. Uh, the great Jeff Harvey. Uh, to hear that, you know, that dance is something that's like often celebrated, often made fun of. Like the great Robbie Snyder, our, our producer here at CBS Sports, who's been with us at a lot of these SummerSlams and Manias. We always mark out for the Jeff Hardy dance, but in some ways, like making fun of the other people that are marking out legit in the crowd. But through that making fun of, I've become a mark for the dance. So then to find out, that it's a derivative of one of my favorite all-time pro wrestler sports entertainers and Michael P.S. Hayes to hear that Jeff, North Carolina guy, was such a fan of that and basically turned that dance into something much more, which is this come you know attention-grabbing thing. That was kind of cool. Look, there's always the, an inside baseball story to be found on a lot of the origins of these things. So that was cool, as is hearing the process of putting on the paint and hearing his influences, to hear Sting look at him and be like, you know, you changed the game. Let me borrow your markers on my face. That had to be a big moment. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. But Michael PSA's former manager of the Hardy Boys, when they actually wore Velveteen, which is kind of Crazy. interesting. Those shirts were something, man, with those black bands. That was 
That was an interesting look. It was very 90s, I guess. It, it, worked, I guess. Yeah, and then to hear just how much it actually meant to Jeff coming back at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. We know how much it means for the fans, but to hear that out of his voice, it was very genuine. Saw him at the Cheap Heat Live show, so shout out to those guys at ESPN as well. Had had a few really good guests there and the fans that showed up. A lot of ITC listeners, by the way, Adam, showing up at the Cheap Heat Live show and the meet and greet. People that paid extra money for a t-shirt and to shake hands and get pictures, and they come up and they're like, hey, by the way, Big-time ITC fans over here. So, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask them whose side they're on, but, you know, in the in the, in the in the Great War, but uh, that, that... Well, was that, was, that was two days before it actually happened, and you got embarrassed on your own show. Um, but I do want to talk about Becky Lynch a little bit, though, briefly, because, again, this was taped before her antics on SmackDown, you know, what has... I mean, sorry, at SummerSlam and at SmackDown, what's changed. But, man, the end of that interview, she is not a heel. You can try. She can do the work. She can wrestle like a heel. She can talk like a heel because she's very good at her job. She's not a heel. No one wants to boo her. It, I mean, she, and what was interesting is the last thing she said in that interview was how much the fans support her and want to put her over and whatever is the direct opposite of the angle that they're playing with her. So it's just it's mind-boggling that, that they think this is going to Long work. run, it's, it's going to get her over so much further than she ever would have staying Dolph Ziggler male version of Becky Lynch. We all know this. It inside. might get her over, but I think the fans will – it'll get her over with fans that want to cheer her for being a badass. I don't think fans are going to boo her. I, but that – but. Not every heel needs to be booed, though, to be successful. We've seen that so many times. She's probably never going to get pure boos because of how much people love her. But I think eventually, well, not even eventually, they're already there. They're going to be cheering her because they're so happy that she's getting a push and getting opportunities that this is one of those weird times for me, traditionalist, heel, babyface, don't separate it, don't ruin it, that it doesn't even matter. She can do dastardly things and play a new part of her character, but still go to all-time new levels whether people are cheering or not. She's that good. People like her that much. If you're if you're not getting booze, you're not a heel. What heel doesn't get booze at some point? Even the Miz who gets cheered flips it and gets booed. Same with Elias. Like if you have the the basis of being a heel is getting booed, and WWE tries to make their heels too cool, and because they do that, they don't get booed so much. Like a Kevin Owens, yeah, but Kevin Owens Kevin Owens will realize, oh, they're cheering me. I need to get them to boo me. The the cheers aren't going to stop because people love her. So eventually she's going to be a Steve Austin version of a babyface. So and it's going to help her be more popular than she ever would have been and go further. Why you just yeah. watch and see? We don't you know we don't watch and see on that one. But hey, here to I don't like it. cool to hear you know a little bit more on her backstory, on her life before becoming a wrestler, and all that good stuff. No longer with Luke Sanders, the UFC fighter. So uh, that was an unfortunate stumble into. But uh, <laughs> we'll see where she goes from there. Hey, we got some more to throw it to. Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. We got some heavyweight audio coming your way right now. Enjoy. Brooklyn with KO Kevin Owens. How's it going? Hey, we got this feud with Braun Strowman, which means you're going to have to take a lot of crazy bumps. That's what a feud with Braun Strowman means. Yeah. How much fun is this in comparison to all the good stuff you've done on the main roster? Uh, I mean, you've seen what I've been been put through, so it hasn't been a lot of fun, to be honest. But, uh, you know. It's like any other job. It's not always fun. So there's ups and downs. Well, you, let's call this one a down. Let's call it a down. And yeah. speaking of down, you create viral moments with him. One involving uh, a porta john, if yeah. you will. I don't know if the blue meanie dropped a big one before you went in there, but you you were covered in the blue goo. Yeah, it, I know they had the weirdest uh, the weirdest blue liquid in there, but uh, that wasn't fun either. That would be a down as well. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you about perspectives here, okay? When Shane McMahon jumped off the top of the Hell in a Cell, 
you had a very interesting perspective looking up at him. Not too long after you create arguably the biggest viral moment of the year when you get thrown off a cage. What did you learn from laying there watching him that said, either I can do this or what the hell is, why do people do this? Uh, I mean, I always wondered why people do this and uh, I, I, I don't know why, uh, I don't know why it went down that way for me either. I, uh, I don't know, things just kind of happen in here and uh, you go with the flow. Um, but look, I, I'm still standing, I'm still walking and like you said, it's a moment a lot of people remember for a long time. So, you know, I, I guess that's a positive. Can you take me through your mindset the first 60 seconds after Braun Strowman throws you through a table from the top of a cage. Well, there wasn't much going on there, to be honest. I was, I guess I was kind of waking up and seeing if all my limbs were moving and if I was all right. And to be honest, I was thinking about my wife and my kids at home that were watching. And, uh, you know, first thing I did when I got back is uh, let them know I was okay. But uh, besides that, I really wouldn't, yeah, I, I can't. I wish I could pinpoint to you exactly my thoughts, but I don't remember them. And that might be, you know, that might be uh, the product of what happened to me. So, yeah. Is there a, a celebration point at some point when you go back, all my limbs are still attached, and you have a uh, this is awesome moment personally? I mean, I don't know if I, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I could say I thought it was awesome. I just know that the next morning when I woke up and I felt relatively well, I guess I considered myself, you know what I mean? I considered it, okay, well, it's a success in that sense. But I, 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 I I don't know how I felt about all this stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you famously had a moment backstage with Vince McMahon that was captured on cameras after WrestleMania. Yeah. Did you have a moment with him after this? Uh, no, he wasn't there, actually. So I didn't have any moments with nobody. All right. I just went, to my, I had a nice moment to myself later on. That's it. All right. Speaking of big moments, you were a part of one. I've interviewed Chris Jericho many times about this. The, the greatest moment in modern Raw history. I think it's the best segment ever in Raw, and it was the Festival of Friendship in Las Vegas. Can you take me through your mindset when you're planning that? Because I know you're not, every segment you're not thinking this could go down as the greatest. So talk, talk about the building of that. You know, even to this day, I think people uh, people put importance on that. Or I, I haven't realized the impact it had on a lot of people, I guess. A lot of people, it stuck with a lot of people, which is great. Uh, but like you said, yeah, you don't really go in thinking that way. You're just trying to do your best that night. And we had thought about this for a long time. And, you know, uh, every element of it was kind of something that came along, you know, months before and just stuff we decided to integrate. And it was really a team effort between me, Jericho, and... Uh, we had uh, Chris Scoville or Jimmy Jacobs at the time helping us out, and uh, we all put our heads together and came up with something special, and it worked out. Was there a moment in that in that segment that that clicked perfectly that you're like, we're onto something here? Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if in the moment I realized it, but even the way it was shot, I I, I assume I can only assume Kevin Dunn was the one uh, doing the directing in the truck. But uh, when I'm talking and uh, he pulls out the list and he asks, why is my name on this? And then you, you don't even see me on camera, but you hear, you get a shot of me looking at him and then you hear the microphone drop when I dropped it. Like all that came together so well. It, it made for a real cool, real cool visual, real cool moment. When you're in a segment that good, you can feel the crowd, you can feel the moment. Do you lay in the offense a little bit stiffer? Uh, I think Chris will be the first one to tell you I lay in no matter what the occasion is. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't any different than usual, but you can ask any of these guys up here that have wrestled. They, I, 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 I'm no different on a house show in front of 3,000 people than I am at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. So. KO, great talking to you. Enjoy SummerSlam. You're always one of our favorites. The, the Really, shortlist best talkers in the, in the whole business. I'll take it. Thank you, man. Samoa Joe, the best trash talker in all of pro wrestling. 
and also a guy who's stepping up his hair game lately. Can you speak to the product you may or may not be using? Uh, I, I don't know the stylist that they have. Just put it in my hair. Right. I like the change. I like the yeah, change. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, look, <laughs> you're in a feud heading into SummerSlam with AJ Styles. It fired all of us up knowing your skill sets, knowing your history. If anyone doesn't know your history, is there one match they should watch of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles from back in the day when you lit up that other that other place? Um, any match you've ever seen me and myself, myself and AJ Styles in together, um, it pretty much you'll find a plethora of me beating him immersively around the ring. So please take your pick. It's it's a it's a literal greatest hits list of of just AJ just getting smashed everywhere. It's we should watch it together. We, we should yeah, watch yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's fantastic. It's All right. What we like about this feud was the psychology, the dark psychology. You didn't have to put him to sleep or take him out in terms of how you built it to get the fans wired in. You played with a beloved man's mind mm. and his family. Yeah. When you're setting up to do that and you're getting yourself ready to deliver it mentally, what's that like inside Samoa Joe's head? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm usually laughing. Really, I, I don't have pump up thing. I, was, I should maybe try that. Uh, no, yeah, I'm usually uh, inside dying laughing because I know, uh, you know, tricking dumb hillbillies is one of my favorite things in the world, and uh, they don't get much dumber than AJ Styles. Let me tell you that. Speaking of hair, you wouldn't employ his uh, soccer mom haircut, correct? No, no, no. I, I'll tear it. I'm trying to tear it out of his head just to save him because it's atrocious. Woo. Like, he looks like a Gwendolyn sometimes when he has that hair. Wow, wow, you said it. I did. Yeah, I did. Right. I did. Right. <laughs> Samoa Joe, we know you have a long history training in the various disciplines of mixed martial arts. We know maybe in a different life, you could have you kicked some, some ass. Can I say ass on this network? Maybe you could have kicked some ass in a different life. But there's a man that you've done some time with named Brock Lesnar who's considering going back and kicking ass against Daniel Cormier for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Do you give this version of Brock a fighting chance? Um... Oh, I feel real complex about Brock. You know, at, on one end, you know, I can't wait to get him back in the ring and smash him unmercifully. And on the other hand, oh, I'd really, really hope nobody does it before I get to him. But uh, here's one thing I do know. Uh, he's a incredible freak athlete. Um, you know, his transition back and forth through the sports is not going to be an issue for him. And uh, I'm very interested to see uh, how that matchup goes because, uh, you know, stylistically, I mean, you got two world-class wrestlers and... Uh, and a lot of issues between them, but uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll still be enough of Brock around for me to finish off what I started. Wow, that's called the promo right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's fantastic. Do you have a favorite MMA UFC fighter these days that you identify with that you're like, that's my guy? Uh, not, I mean, not really. I just kind of have guys I know in, in the fight game, and and they're kind of buddies. But yeah, not, no real favorite. I mean, guys that I, I like watching, but uh, uh, yeah, no no real favorites or anybody. You know, hey, fighters are fighters, and. Uh, Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't, you know. <laughs> now, you seem like a, maybe this is mean, a, a loner, a guy who handles business himself. But some guys in WWE, for this hard road life, need a buddy, need a guy they can depend on and travel with. Roman Reigns told me many times, our truth has been a big part of my success being by my side on the road. Is there a guy you trust to travel with? No, no, God, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, we all need our drivers, and sure, we say nice things about them, so they'll keep driving it, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I do. I, I cruise on my own. Uh, I'm a very solitary driver. I don't like other people in the car with me. <laughs> to close here, Samoa Joe, and you've been fantastic. We love the damn muscle buster. And I don't know if that's a word we can say anymore in this day and age. Well, it's it. a move I want to see in this day and age. Can we see the damn thing back? I said damn on the network. What do you think? Um, 
Here's a big thing I noticed. You really want to see it. You're a big fan of the WWE Universe. I'm a sweaty uh, Mark, let's yeah, be honest. No, I mean, you're a big fan of the WWE Universe. You really want to see the Muscle Buster. Like many fans out there, they're like, oh, we want to see the Muscle Buster. Oh, I could care what you people want. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks off. Samoa Joe. Strong man. Strong words. Now, Adam, admittedly, that wasn't the most jovial, excited, fired-up KO we've ever seen. That was the first interview of the morning. He had a coffee in his hand. He looked like he didn't want to be there. He just rolled out of bed. But uh, he's pretty funny just playing dismissive KO. Like, yeah, laugh it up. I'm feuding with Braun Strowman. But, hey, guys, this is not fun at all. So don't think yeah, it's my biggest issue with the whole thing was you calling the Festival of Friendship the best Raw segment ever. It really was. It really was upon hindsight. I mean, the only thing... I don't think it's top five. No, that's such a bad take. Wow. I mean, look, uh, the only thing on its level in my eyes is the Austin Beer moment or even the derivative of, of course, the Kurt Angle milk moment. But for all the great moments, and obviously it's a list that's very subjective, it, this is this is right there, dude. This dude, was genius. Austin was Tyson? Perfect. Tyson and Austin. Tyson know, and Austin. It's a great moment. It's in the top five. It's it's arguably the second or third best moment ever. This just had everything. And look, you know, there's different eras. In in the nineties, it's a lot more unscripted. For the scripted era, this was about as perfect genius as you could pull off. It's just perfection. But Mick not... Foley winning the WWE title. Austin stunning McMahon. Yeah. Rock Hogan. Well, Rock Hogan. You're talking about Hogan pretty... the, the night after when he get, when he got uh, cheered in Montreal? When they went face to face. Oh, the first time. Yeah, I mean, look. Great I'm moment. just saying. I'm just saying to to say that definitively that's the best. It's not even. I mean, it's maybe it's in the conversation. It's awesome. It's in the conversation. But you approach that that question of this is the best moment in raw history. I'm I mean, like, I said it when Jericho was on here too. You were on the call. Oh, I know. I disagreed with it then also. That's right, fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, look, and, the, and to know the limitations <laughs> they have in 2017, and to pull off a segment like that. Oh my God! The, okay. Shout out to Jimmy Jacobs. I'm glad Ko did mention him. By the he way, he did. But, he, gave him, he gave him a shout. You know, out Ko there. not too deep there, but uh, Samoa Joe's just like, hey, bro, I'm gonna stay in kayfabe the whole time, and that, and you're gonna deal with it. Which is surprising because that's the third time I think you've spoken to him, at least since joining CBS. Uh, you and I spoke to him twice before, and he didn't kayfabe us. The other times, I mean, he always is twenty percent kayfabe. Like he do, he doesn't leave it completely, but he that was a hundred percent. And um, I I will say one thing: I loved the line of "I like tricking dumb hillbillies." <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the world. See, that's why this interview ended up working out in the end. I was down on it after it happened because he stuck in kayfabe despite me trying to pull him out. Then I just went with it, and he was funny. But it's weird. It, there's still a few guys who if you get them a day or two days before the big event, right, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, there's still a good chance that they're going to be stuck in that kayfabe for good purposes, right, because they're trying to really stay in the moment and sell what they're doing there. But uh, Smojo was funny. He didn't. He wouldn't even get real on the whole UFC talk. That was a little bit interesting. But, you know, what am I going to do, stand up to him? What's going to happen? Right. What are you going to Hey, Joe, uh, why don't you stop acting here? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Joe, how about we turn off the cameras and you go back to TNA, right? What do you want, what do you want me to say to him? I mean, and, and by the way, he teased the muscle buster. That Sunday. But well, I don't know if you could catch at the end of that interview, but he did walk off. He did say, oh, you want the muscle buster? It's because you really want it, right? Because you really want it. You're not going to get it. And he walked off and he didn't smile. He, he sold it. It was a great moment. It's, it's like, it's, it was very. Uh, maybe it's, it's very because he was on. Maybe it's because he was on camera this time. I think it was. In all of these uh, interviews, by the way, will also be available. It will be watched on YouTube very shortly for some of the more animated moments. But hey, hey, uh, Samoa Joe, shout out to you right there. But uh Let's get into a little bit inside baseball here now with these next couple guys. We're talking about NXT 2L5 Live guys, guys who were darlings of the indies and are now bringing that style. 
to WWE. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. Ricochet. By the way, not the Irishman Rick O'Shea. You know, Ricochet the man is here. Often interpreted, yes, but not, not, that it's not me. I'm not Irish. I don't think at all. Yeah, maybe not here. NXT superstar, one of our favorites to watch. And you created a moment recently that went beyond NXT, went beyond WWE, became a viral internet moment when you did that incredible tope con hilo back onto your feet in the face of the dream on the build up to WrestleMania. Talk me through that. Um, honestly, it was, uh, that wasn't even my idea. It was Triple H's idea, so he's the he's the mastermind behind it. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, we were just trying to find a a, def- a definite finish for that for that segment, and uh, he just shot out the idea. He said it'd be cool if you could just you know. He's like, anything you can do, the drink can do better. He's like, well, you just flip out in front of him, and be like, well, show me. He's like, could you do that? And well, I was like. So you do that all the time onto people, and That's you're incredible at it. How hard or different is it to land on your feet? I couldn't. I didn't think about it. Yeah, I just, that's because he asked me if I could. I was like, I feel like I was, I was like, yeah, sure I could. So um, it's just one of those. I've always said overthinking is worse than not thinking. Because if you overthink it, you're going to mess something up. So it's just one of those things that you just kind of have to go and feel. And, uh, yeah, it was wild. Because even like, when I landed, I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, walking us so It was just, it was cool for me too, because yeah. But so for people that are new to you in WWE that didn't follow your indie days, the Prince Puma days, all the great stuff you did, I feel like you can do things physically that a no one else can do, and b have never been done. Do you think that way too? That you're like, I got something in my back pocket. One of these days, a WrestleMania or something, I'm gonna bring it out, and people aren't gonna believe it. Um, I just, I, I do feel like, especially. So, like on the indies, I did. I, I, I pretty much. I've done all this before, but you know, I don't. I don't know what percent of the WWE universe even know about the independent scene. So, I, um, I feel like there are a little couple tricks that I haven't done here yet that I can still pull out from, you know, my time on the indie scene. So I do feel like I have a couple tricks up my sleeve, and uh, I, I don't think I'm like keeping something secret for a certain time, but I am trying to just. Insert something here the next time, something different here, something different here. But I mean, for sure, if the time comes and if I'm ever like on a, the grandest stage, I, I'm a, I gotta have a grandest stage match, you know what I mean? Like, Shawn Michaels wasn't Mr. WrestleMania because he didn't have the best matches, you know what I mean? So, I feel like I've got, I'm gonna try to do something. I have to, right? Well, when you had that feud with, with Dream and it was short, it was just a little yeah. taste, I felt like I was watching the future of pro wrestling, not just NXT, not just WWE, that you guys will meet again, that whether it's oh. six months in NXT or WrestleMania for three out of four years in the future. I hope so. When you landed on your feet in, in that awesome move we talked about and you're right in front of him in his face, do you have those same moments like, we'll see each other again a lot? Just it, actually through that whole thing, I felt like, him and I working off of each other felt real organic. It felt real natural, and it just it was it was fun. And so I felt like, and like I said, it was kind of short-lived, which might be a good thing, so we can might revisit it later. But I, I do feel like he and I like worked so well with each other that we could potentially, as I said, do that again in NXT in a couple months, or do it on the main roster somewhere, hopefully. But I do feel like he and I like there is something there that could have been, you know, more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely there, and. For a lot of people that didn't see the matches you had with Will Ospreay back in the day, man, I feel like 
you don't want to overvalue something, but I feel like that changed the game. It created a little wrinkle of a new genre into wrestling, and certainly the old guard kind of balked at it to a certain degree. What is your memories of those of those great matches? Well, the, the thing is, the, the first one that we had that like kind of blew up and like I got on like ESPN and all this stuff. It was the funny thing is, we went into that match. We didn't even go into that match thinking like, oh, this match is going to change everything. Like we literally just put together like a Willow Spray Ricochet match like that we've done before, like in England. We've done it like other places. But for some reason, I guess I don't know. Just that one just took off. So like we didn't really have all this like crazy like. We're gonna change the the industry. Like going into it, we're just like, oh, this sounds like a really good match. You know what I mean? So, but I'm glad we I'm glad we we did go into it thinking that way because I think if we would have put too much thought into it, it might not have been as organic and that would have been as well. But look, like, and he's like, he's a freak of nature, so his timing is so perfect, and I can work off him. Yeah. So it, it just worked. It just worked out that. How did you know. react when the old guard was like, that's not wrestling, that's time gymnastics? Yeah, I mean. Everyone has different opinions, and it's cool, and I appreciate everyone's opinions, but to say like something isn't wrestling just because you don't prefer that style. Or you can't do that style, let's be honest. You can't do that style, but most, most of it's because, like, I don't know, because there's a lot of styles of wrestling that I don't prefer, but I'm not going to be like, that's not wrestling. <laughs> it is wrestling, because wrestling can be anything you want it to be. It can be anything. And as long as the fans are entertained, then, like, just let it be, but, like, Everyone has different opinions, and you're not going to be able to change their opinions. They're going to think what they're going to think, but it's all cool. Like I'm not worried about it. I'm still going to, you know, be me and try to be as positive as possible. True or false? Tessa Blanchard is the best women's wrestler in the world right now. She's getting there. Like, I've I've seen her growth, and it's, dude, she's so got good. swagger. And if she's not now, she probably will be in a couple of years. All right, I want to close on this. Samoa Joe's walking around here. I always consider him the best trash talker on the mic in so WWE bad. because it's real. Yeah. But you started to enter that conversation in the dream feud where I said on my podcast, sort of as a joke, I said, these guys do urban speak. Maybe that's the worst way I could describe yeah, it. But these yeah. guys do street talk yeah. that's real. It's not a pro wrestling promo where you're like, uh, no, this is real. Yeah. Do you feel like you're doing something a little different than the other guys? Well, the thing is, like, they always tell you you're going to just be yourself a little exaggerated. And that's kind of how I'll be talking with my boys, like, as, you know. So, um, and if I don't kind of speak that way, like, it comes off real... It comes off fake because I've, I've never really been the guy with the promo skills because I've always maybe been trying to do something different. I don't know. But so now I'm just trying to, you know, again, just be myself. And, I, you know, Joe's the same way, like just himself a little turned up a little bit. But uh, for sure, he's uh, he's untouchable. Oh, he's, he's incredible. Hey, we're fired up for the Adam Cole Bebe feud. We're fired yeah. up to see you main eventing WrestleMania one day. And I mean that. Not, not, just, not just puffing up your bag there. Thanks so much, man. Best of luck. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Because you, Cedric Alexander, have the best theme song in all of WWE. Ooh. In the dark, I feel at home. Come on, you got to riff with me, Tom. A lot of people see this song way more than I do. I hear it all the time, so it's just stuck in my head. I love it, though. I mean, I used to think I had it all, right? I mean, you know. That was mine. I won't let go. There it is. There it is. Sometimes they, uh, cut, you that, you? <laughs> sometimes they cut that part short, though. I mean, a I'll, little bit. I'll text Vince if I have to to get this changed. Hey, feel free. I've been trying to tell him about it, man. Hey, you look great with that purple cruiserweight championship. Thanks, that would make you the king of the cruiserweights. I am the king of the cruiserweights. I just need a crown. That'd be said. Speaking of that, I, I'll say it. We were robbed as fans. Mm-hmm. 
of a Neville Cedric Alexander feud that when this division was recreated, those were the two guys I pointed at. Ooh, well, we had that match one time until a foul live, but you know, if he's ever ready to come back and get back in the saddle, we can do it again. Hey, Mr. 14 Pack, you want to come back? This guy's ready to. 14, you being nice. He's probably got like 16 yeah, back. Yeah, he's, well, got, we'll, we'll he's got amazing abs for a oh, man that. Oh. All right. People are going, people should have been going nuts about 205 Live from the beginning. It's been a great show, although it's had different feel, different structure. Since the rumors is that Triple H is overseeing it, I don't know if that's true, it's gotten people extra excited. I absolutely love the crap out of where the show is going right now for a performer. How well-received was this change for you? Oh, it's basically well-received. It's, it's one of those things where... I, I knew the whole time that our work rate was up there. We, we're one of the best in-ring products in the company, in my, in, in my opinion. And just that step of approval saying Triple H is a part of this, that's all it took for people to realize, oh, they've been doing this the whole time? Yeah. It's kind of been a thing for the last two years. <laughs> it's so good that I... Don't get takes as an insult. I try not to watch 205 Live because I have so much wrestling to watch each week, not, men, not counting boxing and MMA. But what ha tends to happen is I'm already at like the end of my time, end of my rope, and then somebody goes, hey, did you see Cedric and Mustafa? And I'm like, no. Did they main event again? They're like 20, five minutes, and it's friggin' insane. You, I mean, you're, you're forcing yourself into our lives. Uh, that's, that's kind of the point, right? Uh, like you said, you've been missing it. Well, we're going to make you go back and watch it. Um, I'm glad you're in WWE. I've, I mean, I, I, one of my favorite indie moments was seeing you and Zack Sabre Jr. at a sweaty Brooklyn church gym oh. and evolved back in the day. I mean, I've, like a lot of fans, I wanted to see you get to this point. And the intro for you guys was this cruiserweight classic. And Cedric, I think this thing is going to age like fine wine. It's a <laughs> It's already a hidden gem. It's one of those things that people go, oh, I remember that. I watched a few of those matches. No. Go back and watch every single match because every single one. this every thing, one. Uh, from Moro Ronaldo and Daniel Bryan's call to the insane matches, I mean, you had Coda in it, you had some, you had a big role in that. What's your experience? What was your expectations for that tournament? And then afterwards, what, how does it stay on the test of time? Woo, man. Okay, so at the time, I knew it was something special when I was recruited to do it. So I was like, all right, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a good introduction. And I didn't think much of it. But then once we saw the production that was going into it and all the media the presence it had and the fans reacted to it, I was like, this is like the second coming of Cruiserweight Jesus or something. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? And then uh, even two years later, going back and still watching some of those matches, like this has this feel of like the Super J Cup yes. or, or yes. Best of the Super Juniors, you know, back when Liger won it and Super Ma Tiger Mask won it. It's one of those things where you look at it and kind of go, this is where it all began. You don't look at it as go, oh, this is just a cool random series of matches. No, this is a series of matches that set something in motion, to set this championship in motion, to set my career in motion, set a lot of guys' careers in motion. Like, if, if you look at that roster of guys who's in that tournament, quite literally half, if not more than half of them, are signed to cut WWE currently, whether it's 205 or NXT. So that tells you right there how special it was. You know, inside the tiny arena there, the fans on top of you, do you have a moment either in a match you were in or one you saw that sort of, if, if someone out there hasn't watched, that, that, that hit you right in the feel spot, as I like to say? Ooh. Um, man, uh, that's hard. Oh, okay, well, of course I'm a little biased because I have two. Number one is uh, a friend of mine by the name of Mia Yim just recently was in the Mae Young Classic, and she got one of uh, what people call the Cedric Alexander treatments. <laughs> is uh, fans chanted to please sign her because she made such a great impression, and now she's um, 
waiting wait the trial to see what happens. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, she, just seeing those fans react to her in that way to me was special. So um, good luck to Mia. Hopefully, I think she's going to get it. But that moment right there with fans chanting, please sign her, was, was very, very special. And then um, super biased on this one, my wife participated in the McMahon Young Classic uh, that was recently taped, and she did a great job. And uh, without telling me what happened, she just did a great job, and it made me cry how how good how good she looked in that ring. I love that. I love the emotion. Good. Yeah. I'm trying to cry right now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of her and what she's done in her career. And for me to be on the opposite side of the, the barricade for a change, watching her was very special for me. Do you think things like the Cruiserweight Classic, the Mae Young Classic, is bringing in some of the outside styles and feels that WWE doesn't normal, currently have and is maybe helping change the overall wrestling feel and culture? Oh, 1,000%. Of course, of course, of course that, that's happening. Uh, with, with you branching out all over the world for different styles of established wrestlers to come in at one spot to do a tournament, you're, you're inviting all manner of style to come in. All, all things you haven't seen before. Some things you have seen, but they've been re-envisioned. Re you know what I mean? Um, I think I think we keep doing more Mae Young classes like this, and hopefully now the Cruiserweight Classic will we'll get tons and tons more athletes, tons and tons of things we've never seen before, things we never thought we wanted to see and, until it happens. We've been asking everyone that comes through here because two of the best face painters, it's an art in wrestling, are in the building right now. Something I wish I could do. but <laughs> Finn Balor and Jeff Hardy, whose game do you respect more? Ooh. No disrespect either, just which one, which one stands out to you? Man. Um, man, Jeff has always, to me, has been OG of face paint when it comes to WWE. Uh, but Finn, Finn has some great body pieces, man. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, that's is, hard. I just said you have to fail there. Uh, I'm a Carolina boy, so Jeff. <laughs> uh, I feel I don't know. I feel weird saying it. Just job. Say Jeff. Jeff. All right. I want to close with you on a on a question that gets people fired up. You're one of those guys that I'm like I could put you with anyone in 205, anyone in NXT, anyone on the main roster, and you're gonna push the barrier and try to get me that five star match that us wrestling nerds care about. Who's the one guy that you haven't wrestled? in the world in WWE that when you think that's the one guy I could probably break the five-star scale with if I have the opportunity. Seth Rollins. Yeah, talk, talk about it. Seth, Seth Rollins, hands down. Um, I think me and Seth have a lot of uh, similar match techniques and our styles are very similar. We, we're not afraid to fly. We're not afraid to, you know, to stand and brawl. Uh, he's probably got a bit of a strength advantage, but I think a little bit quicker than him. So uh, I think I think me and Seth Rollins will be a very very good match. Hey, Seth, that lumbar check is coming for you, bro. Ooh, it puts everybody away. CrossFit after that, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> CrossFit that. There you go. CrossFit with a bad back. It ain't happening, sucker. That's what I'm talking about. Because in the dark, I feel it home. You're really trying to get me to sing this oh, song, aren't you? I see. It might change my life. Let's be maybe. Honest. Okay, I'll think about it. All right, time has passed. I don't know how I'm growing. All right, you used, used to be my happy home. Hey, great talking to you, Cedric Alexander. You're the best I got today in the cruiserweights. How about an epic feud with Buddy Murphy if I'm booking the damn territory? But hey, Mustafa Ali, great to watch that as well. Yeah, either one. Hey, why not make a triple threat? Wow, wow. I'm that's, a, that's, a, that's an experience pro right there. Best of luck. Thank you for joining us. Adam, I know you had to pop for the Cedric Alexander theme song. And me almost hooking him into a little uh, rope scare in this corner karaoke right there. Well, what I liked is that he admitted that he's tried to tell them, stop cutting off the damn intro. 
It's the best part of the damn song. Play this. Play it. <laughs> give it to the give it to the listeners. Let's go. Now uh, that was great, and I couldn't. You don't have this, you don't have it on the soundboard. I mean, yeah, you're damn right. I've got it on the soundboard there. In the dark, I feel it home. Time has passed, and oh yeah. Used to dream I'd have it all. Now it's mine. I won't let go. So you need you need the intro for that bass for the drop to matter. They yeah. cut it off right after that, and it's like, yeah, it's a still a good song, but come on. I like the uh, the inside honesty there from him about, look, Triple H takes over 205 Live, and everybody's happy about where this thing is going. You could hear it in his voice, especially for a guy like him who's a worker, and under the Vince era of, hey, let's push Enzo Amore, let's push people, gentlemen, Jack Gallagher, let's hype up that character, let's push characters, now they're coming back to, Let's wrestle the balls out of the time slot we got. You could hear Cedric enjoyed that. Absolutely. It's almost like, and he did admit that Triple H now has a hand in it. He certainly didn't get into specifics and we didn't ask him for them. But he did. That's the first time I've really heard someone like confirm, even though we all know, know it to be true. Yeah, Triple H is now giving his stamp of approval on this product. I liked that he basically said, look, we, it is our intention to do what we're doing now, which we knew. But to hear someone, especially the champion, say that, I thought that was a little bit refreshing, and I enjoyed it. He was very honest throughout. Um, you know, I didn't see the video. I only heard the audio. But did he actually tear up speaking about his wife? He was close. He was close. I don't remember an actual tear, but it, there, there was a, a change in the interview right there, which I liked yeah. as much as I liked when he has one name to pick in WWE or in the yes. world of where he could max out the star potential, and he picked Seth. That was not a not a bad pick right there, because that would be a heck of a match. I, I, I like, they should find an opportunity for, like, just Cedric to call out Seth on a 205 Live for three weeks in a row. Maybe he runs through the division, and he's like, oh. I need more competition. Calls him out, and Seth just does a match. It doesn't have to make storyline sense, you know? Well, it's like... But they, they should do that with some of these guys on the main roster. Balor can go down for one match, come back up, win. Even if they win, it's okay. It's like that time Sami Zayn came up against Cena in Montreal a couple years ago when he was injured, remember? And they had that great right. open challenge match. And it comes back right. to what you say a lot about, you know, the king of the ring needs to come back. And I say, you got to kind of promote G1 with something like that. Man, we heard it, uh, Finn Balor last week on this podcast talk about that one-off with AJ Styles. One-offs like that once a year, fill a dead period would be so much fun. A NCAA tournament, a G1, however you want to put it together with the theme. Man, that would be great. But Adam, I talked to Ricochet here. You had just talked to Ricochet in one of the great lost interviews that will never be heard because he was on a damn moving bus. I like this guy a lot. I like that he admits, look, I'm not the best on the mic in the world, but I'm trying and using his real self when it comes. Hashtag urban speak. Yep, laugh it up. Have a good time with it. But you're noticing something here. He's one of the rare guys who's sort of sampling something on the inside that's real, and they're allowing him to do it, and I think this is helping him come out of the shell. Well, he talks like a person, not a character. That's the difference between him and everyone else, and there's good and bad to that. The good is that it's real, or it feels real. The bad is, in a big arena, how is that going to come across when he's cutting a promo on Raw in front of 3 million people at home and you know, 20,000 in Dayton, Ohio, or that's a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. So I don't know. Um, but the truth is with Ricochet, it's what he does in the ring, not necessarily what he does on the mic that matters the most. And there's really no question that he might be the best in the company right now in terms of the ability to turn any match 
into a must-see affair. And it's one of the reasons they signed him. It's one of the reasons he's in NXT. Um, and didn't, like, Leo Rush, as an example, just get thrown into 205 Live. I think this is a guy along the lines of Finn Balor and Seth Rollins that they see as being a major player on the main roster. Yeah, no question about that. And just a good dude, good guy to talk to. Really looking forward to what he brings to it in the future. Well, this is really one of his first times doing big WWE media like this, you know, and you can hear sort of the shyness, calmness in his voice. But, man, when he continues to just burst, it's going to absolutely be incredible. But we have a trio to close with here. A couple big hitters in this trio. We got the duo known as The Bar. We've got Jinder Mahal. And we've got Handsome Rusev to take us home. Enjoy. The bar. The bar. Can we get a little, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What was I doing? I was only, that's, 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 uh, Michael Hayes. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. There we go. All right, all right, all right. There we go. Hey, great shirts, and you had a jacket on before that was yeah. killer. Can I purchase that? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, it will be available. The, the shirts will be available soon on WWEshop.com. Otherwise, it's on uh, chalkline.com. You can buy the jackets there soon, too. Yeah. Great, right. great stuff. We are great obviously stuff. being f- uh, massive football fans or soccer fans in America. Now we, we love this type of style. So. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, bro. So you've. You've been on such a great run as a tag team champs or not. It's been great. It's, it's extended the longevity of your career. Now, deal with me for a second. Seamus, I talked to the Good Brothers over WrestleMania weekend. You know the Good Brothers. I know the Good Brothers. I was talking to them about their lack of a consistent push. I said, how do you get a consistent push like Seamus? What does he have, nudes of VKM? What does he have? And you know what Uncle Doc Gallo said? He said, I'll tell you two things. Seamus, always in shape. And Seamus lays that crap in hard every single time. That's the secret to longevity. I guess that's. I mean, that's I can. I can it's vouch not, for not, that. It's I not the VKM nudes. It's the. Uh, it's the. the leg it in, always being in shape. Always being in shape. Yeah. Well, speaking of shape, you have what a workout series these days on. on is this glory workout on YouTube? YouTube.com backslash Kelly. Tell me about workouts. this. Yeah, it's just great. It's uh, it's it's all about brave change philosophy. It's about me um, exploring other people's uh, journeys and struggles in their own daily uh, daily lives when they're working out. Um, yeah. It's it's all there to help. Um, inspire people who you know have never worked out before or like they go to a gym and you know you see all these heads just dropping weights all over the place it's kind of intimidating place you've never worked out before and it's uh just a way of just trying to like don't be motivate people yeah don't be intimidated you know the only the only bad workout is no workout have you guys learned from other people's workouts stuff you can add in some striations if you will i have i learned an awful lot from i've like worked out a lot of w superstars men and women and i've actually worked out with a 94 year old world war ii veteran uh, Al Raleigh, I, w- I worked out with a double amputee, uh, Brandon Rumbaugh, who lost both his legs in Afghanistan while trying to save a comrade. So um, for all, it's all, every, every workout's inspiring in its own way, and it's all there just to inspire other people to, to change their lives. Even if you go to the gym for one time, work out, and just... Yeah, just take that take that uh, that leap off the couch, you know what I mean? All right. Well, this guy's one of the strongest in the company, always in shape. But this, this guy no, this is guy. also known for freakish shape. For, I mean, not shape, but but strength. Do you guys ever have strength offs to see who, you know, a little friendly competition? He's stronger. Every, uh, he's stronger. Not really. He's not stronger. Really. He's stronger. He, he, he's, he, just he doesn't have that. a he tendon. He's got, like, cables, he like steel that. cables in his arms. That's what he's, he's made. He's not made of human. That's how they call flesh. me cable. Cable, yeah. That's right. what cable. Guys, being in a tag team, your tag team started off great because you had the series against each other. Then they put you together. But it's like a marriage, right? You're traveling. you got to stay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. My favorite marriage you were ever in, and this is no disrespect to Big Seamus, who's always in shape and lays that crap in hard. Always in shape. My favorite marriage you were ever in was you and Tyson Kidd. My kids have the action figures. They love it. You see his ex-wrestling wife behind backstage. Does it ever get weird? 
No, 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 never, no. never weird. No, it's uh, you know, me and Tyson have teamed for exactly six months before it you know got cut short. It was a great but, six months. Um, that was a phenomenal six months, and uh, you know, but kind of have to move on, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to move on, and uh, let me tell you something, Seamus. Love Seamus, always in shape. He laced that crap in and just what a what a what a what a great what a no great, nudes on VK. What a, what a great second I'm, wife, actually, or third no, wife. No, I think here. it's his third wife, right? Yeah, third or wife, fourth yeah. if you can't. Yeah, 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 just you know, like oh, yeah, we don't count. You know, yeah, hey, look, Chris at this, Hero. look at this, look at this. Chris Hero, swagger type. Yeah, we don't yeah, need to do that. Yeah, 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 no, no, we don't need to Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. This guy was just telling me he was at a match long back in the day. We can't talk about those matches. All right, oh yeah, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Why can't you talk about them? Isn't he under contract with him? Yeah, he is. Yeah, oh, Cassius yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, oh, no. Let's talk about big moments in people's careers and get in their head or what they were thinking. You had a big moment that said, Seamus 515, I just yes. kicked your arse. That's Can right. you yes, take yes, me so back moments. on that when you cashed in on Roman Reigns? It was and a good feeling. Actually, just popped up on uh, Twitter or something or Instagram the other day. It was like, it's so, listen, it's so funny. That stuff happens, and then just you just keep going forward. Like you just don't have time to look back. You just keep that's like a forward. Monday for you at your job. For fans, they're like that moment was great. Well, yeah. for him, it's just like a Monday. It was like you know, as, as you look back, he won every single title almost in WWE at the race. You know, like tag team champions. I've won the IC title. I've won the IC title. Four times world heavyweight. Four times world heavyweight champ. You know, like that's for him. That's just another Monday of work. You know. Uh, all right, but you know, there's a lot of confetti falling. You ruined a Always really good party. Shape. That was really for me. Yeah, the confetti was for me. The confetti. Yeah, yeah. He actually requested a confetti. I was there earlier today, the and like they were not that going to have confetti, and he was like, you know, what would really help this moment, confetti. confetti. So that was that was all his idea. So always in shape, uh, always lazy in, and confetti. The right. good brother Gallows. God, I love that. I love that, that guy. I love that. We're in the room with two of the greatest face painting wrestlers of all time, and Finn Balor and Jeff Hardy. In your opinion, here, who's the greatest? You guys are longtime wrestling fans, all right? I know there's some mark in both of you. Who's the best face painter in wrestling history? Ultimate Warrior. Why? Because he's iconic. Because that's who I grew up watching. Had the face, the the, the warrior mask on, the tassels on. That's. To me, that was uh, the most iconic uh, superstar I ever watched when I was a kid. Papa Shango. Oh. Oh, you forgot about him, huh? <laughs> Never forgot the Shango. That was before he had hoes. Uh, yeah, that's before he had uh, in, <laughs> in all different area codes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's before he had hoes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Brilliant. All right. Well, <laughs> you're a little bit younger than this gentleman, correct? And, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, I am. In terms of age and, yes, and yes, in-ring mileage? Well, will you I'm excited for you to get your own show on CBS. <laughs> right. uh, who are you going to knock off? Who's uh, who's the main presenter on CBS now for uh, uh, the you talk know, show? Uh, Jim Nance, maybe. Yeah, okay. yeah no. Jim Nance, you're Jim out of here. All right. Who's the guy in Saturday Night Live? Uh, he has his own show now on, on CBS. Is yeah, yeah. Great conversation. Yeah, All right, great, your great last question. You. Yeah, great, great talking to you. Yeah, 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 All right, yeah, next question. I was just going to say, if you want a model of consistency, you want a career like this guy right here. Two things. Always in shape. Always lays it in, and if you get a chance, confetti. confetti. Not only will I be at a bar later tonight, right now, we set the bar. Get this man his own talk show. The modern day Maharal. I can't do it. I can't no, do it, gender. Ah, man. In my big, that was my moment here. This was a okay, viral. You know what? You don't forget that. Here, I got another moment for you. Breathe in. This is the new gender. It is, it is, yeah. 
Shanti on the way out. Shanti. Shanti. Yes, there you go. This is very Pedro Serrano of Major League, if you will. I don't know if you watched that movie. Uh, no idea, but uh, right. hey. I'll check it out. Okay, okay. I want to talk to you, Jinder, about making big moments. Backlash 2017, yes. main event, Randy Orton, you become the 50th, 50th. recognized champion in WWE history, the first Indian WWE champion. There's probably wow, some other firsts in there as well. Knowing how hard you work to get back to the company, when you look back at that moment, one, two, three, <laughs> what, what do you remember in here? Uh, man, it was such a surreal moment. Like It didn't even click in uh, until the next day till I woke up with the championship uh, next to me. It <laughs> just happened. But uh, no, it was it was a it was a total whirlwind. Like um, I got released from WWE, then I came back, and then when I came back, I wasn't brought back to be champion. I, you know, I made that opportunity for myself. I created the opportunities for myself. Uh, they did the roster split. They needed uh, some experienced guys they could throw on TV right away. So, uh, but you know, it's uh, when I got released, I had a lot of regrets. Right, I didn't give it my all. And I always said, if I get a second chance, that's it. It's, we're going full tilt every day. That's exactly what I did. I, I came back, and then every week my goal was improve, 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 improve. And, you know, I started building that relationship with Vance, improving to him, you know, uh, that I'm a contender. You know, I'm here to play. I'm here to be your champion. I'm here to be the guy. And uh, I just became undeniable. And then uh, I was given the opportunity. Became WWE champion. was WWE champion for six months. But uh, so last year during this time, for example, I was at SummerSlam uh, as WWE Champion against Nakamura. So this year, unfortunately, I'm not scheduled for a match. So I can look at it two ways. I can be disappointed or I can use this to motivate myself to say next year during this time at SummerSlam next year, I want to be Universal Champion or WWE Champion again uh, and be in the main event. I love so that's that. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So here. I love that because you got the right booze you were looking for when you became champion. You were on that run because you were a great heel. Yeah. But there was a lot of maybe sympathetic is not the right word, supportive cheers you also received because people loved your comeback story. Yeah. And then in your interviews, they loved you spinning it forward with positivity, optimism. It was like a Tony Robbins vibe coming out of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, we've taken it full circle. We're now I'm teaching them about inner peace. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's totally cool. It's, it truly is like an underdog story. Uh, uh, you know, they could make like uh, a movie or write a book about my career, but my career's not done yet. You know, I'm only 32 right now, so, you know, I still have a long career ahead of me and many more championships. And who knows, like, uh, I, I might find myself in another dip, but I'm going to get myself, you know, you know, out of the hub and, uh, and reign again someday as a champion. Tell me about when you did the tours in India as champion. What's the reaction, the reception like? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like everywhere I went, it was just so many people. This uh, WWE is so loved in India. Like uh, everybody watches it. It's it's actually our number one following in terms of social media, TV ratings, and uh, you know I, I've seen like pictures or videos people have sent me. Like uh, there'll be one TV and like. 100 people watching like one of my matches wow. yeah yeah i've seen this before uh so it's awesome just a level of love and support it's unbelievable and uh hopefully i can return there and uh hopefully i can return there again as a champion you, you were honest and said when you came back you weren't thinking wwe championship run so when did it become real that it could happen or the moment they told you it could happen what, so, tell me I, that. so i was thinking wwe champion Nobody else was thinking it. Because you don't just become WWE champion, a champion by accident. You know, it's something you have to strive for, set goals for every single day. I, I was saying I wasn't brought back to become WWE champion, but in my mind, it was still my goal. And uh, that's why I worked so hard. Because now when I set goals, 
I make sure that I smash them. Well, how'd you find out? Text message, phone call, what happened? Uh, no, I found out when I got to the arena that day. Like you got to be fist pumping like a mofo no, backstage. No, 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 because uh, things change in WWE. So I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, 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 all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, if I didn't end the interview with this question, all the fans out there on my podcast at CBS Sports would be like, bro, you dropped the ball. <laughs> we love the absolute crap out of 3MB. And now all three of you are back. And I know everyone asked you about it, but Drew McIntyre's doing incredible. Heath Slater has already been reborn a couple years ago to have his own sort of comeback. Yeah, he's got kids, yeah. You're, he's got kids, got a lot of them, got to feed them. Your thoughts on ever getting the band back together. I think it's going to happen someday, but hopefully not for a long time. Uh, hopefully when I'm uh, older <laughs> uh, and more air guitaring and less matches. All right. In a long time. Yeah, yeah not anytime soon. The merch possibilities. Oh, yeah. But uh, so also, it w I, if we were to do it sooner, imagine how dominant 3MB would be. Like, we would be like the Shield. Like, we would be unstoppable. What about a war with Elias over who's the better uh, musician in WWE? My so that book? would have to be Heath Slater's battle because he's a front man. Yeah, I worked myself I into was, a shoot there. Yeah, yeah. I was just an air guitar player. All right, well, all right, fantastic air guitar player. No one will ever forget the We Little C match. One, yeah, my kid's one of my favorite, favorite match of all yeah, time. Yeah, one of my favorites. All right, one of my favorite interviews, Jinder Mahal. No days off, no cheat days. No shortcuts. This no, guy's yeah, ripped. No. He's living the life. He's living the dream. Next year, SummerSlam. I'm yeah, going to interview yeah, again. Yeah. You're going to be back at the top. We know this. Of course. Absolutely. On a holiday, no less, I'm standing next to Rusev. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day, my friend. Now, maybe it's not a Bulgarian holiday. It's, it's a holiday everyone can share in, Rusev Day. So what is the... How should people be celebrating? Is there a specific meal? Is there a specific, uh, is it a religious holiday? Can you really be, or, give me the origin on this? It's all you got to do is just be you and do you. That's all you got to do. And then you're doing just fine. You can eat whatever you want. You can drink whatever you want. It's all up to you. But it's the first ever holiday in the history of the world that everybody celebrates across the globe. Oh, wow, I like that. I like yeah. that. No, no, no creeds or races or, or backgrounds get in the way of this. I like that. It's Always inclusive. Always welcome. Always welcome. Yes. All right. All right. Let's talk about how you have blown up to become an, an organic sensation. You were already a WWE superstar who was beloved, right? A right. strong heel. Then you became this, this new thing. You just blew the heck up. Was there a turning point? Was there a moment where you're like, they really, really get this new thing that I'm doing? I think it all started when uh, after I came back from my shoulder surgery against Cena and when my, my music hit and people just exploded, they were so happy I'm back and then they saw me with a flag and being a bad guy and they're like, no, not again, we already seen that shit. Uh, and I think the thing kind of started there because they wanted to cheer me and uh, you know I was put in a different position. But then after we did the whole Rusev Day thing and they just dig it, they just loved it. It was not supposed to be anything big but I think the people loved it so much that they made it what it is. So here we are today celebrating Rusev Day. It's given new life to Aiden English as well. And I know right now on the screen he's getting in your way a lot. So that we'll put that aside. But how much do you like working with him knowing he can belt out that Rusev Day? I'm sure everybody's tried that on you today. Yeah, they have. But Aiden is great. Aiden is very talented. He's... He, he, without him, I don't think we can. there would be a Rusev Day what it is today. All right. All right. You are also a part of one of WWE's biggest power couples, if not the biggest, right. with Lana. Yay, we love Lana. Wait, what's her catchphrase? I just missed it. Lana is the best. Yes. Lana number oh, one. Yeah. Man, I just, blew it. I just blew it in the moment. Okay. But what people want to know is you're a strapping, handsome man, but she's, she's, a, she's an all-timer. How did Rusev 
get Lana and seal the damn deal? Well, she married up, obviously. You know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm a great catch. I'm a nice guy, and they don't have them that many out there. They made like me, so uh, she's a lucky lady. What can I say? Was there uh, a first date? Was there a moment where you looked in her eyes and you said, "This is the one"? Uh, we worked together. We started American Dream put us to work together. So we spend a lot of time just working on promos and getting better with that. And, uh, you know, the more time you spend with somebody, the more, you know, you get closer, you get to know them. And uh, she grew up in Latvia, the former Soviet Union. I was from Bulgaria. So we kind of, she understood my mentality, where I stand, and she respected that I left my country to come to become a WWE superstar and come to the United States. So uh, we have a just uh, mutual admiration for each other, and that's how we grew together, and we got married twice. All right, all right. And you're one of the many superstars who have joined your significant under on the Total Divas franchise, right. where you're showing a different side of your real life, where you're reluctant to do that. Because I know Dean Ambrose was. Were you on that side of the fence? No, I don't care. I'm naked all the time anyway. So they just wanted to put a camera in front of me and show my junk. Fine, show it. I don't care. More people should show their junk, you're right. Yeah, I mean, wait, it's all, it's all natural. I like that. Rock out with your... No, no, scrape that from the record after the fact. All right, Rusev, I want to know this. You had one of the most iconic entrances in WrestleMania history. And I'm, that's not the blown smoke. It is WrestleMania no, 31. I know, I know. California, John Cena, a damn tank. Yeah. Can you talk about the origin, how that comes together? We all had, with me and Lana, we talked about it for the year before that. We were just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if... I have a tank and we have an army and we go out there and all of a sudden the day a couple of days before that I talked I think I would talk to Vince and he was like, Yeah, we're gonna have this tank and I was like, What? This is actually gonna happen? You read my mind or something? And uh, yeah, we went and, and saw the tank and the army and the guns and all the soldiers and it was just like Man, this is something else. What's it like inside the tank? Can you hear the crowd going nuts? Give me your experience in there as you're coming out. Uh, well, so um, I was barefooted. I was really scared not to step on anything to burn my feet right before the biggest match of my career. That was my concern number one. Then concern number two is how the heck do I get down from this tank? <laughs> but eventually I found my way, you know, give the flag and... Uh, and it made it down and everything was perfect. I love it, I love it. To close here, Rusev, I've talked to Big E before. At one point he had to drop the Langston and I said, you should have fought for it. You should have went in Vince's office and said, I need this, it's part of me. Right. Did you have a connection with Alexander, which is now gone? Do you care that you're now just Rusev? Uh, we, don't care. we don't call bad, bad guys by their first names anyways. That's a big no-no. So uh, Rusev is, and I, I dig Rusev more. It's more like, yeah, I'm Rusev. Right. I want to go celebrate Rusev Day with a few cold ones. Maybe go Machka something. Would you join me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll join you any day. I love that. Hey, great talking to Rusev. Best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. Adam, of all these, what, 12 or 13 interviews I got to do over SummerSlam weekend, The Bar, Sheamus, and Cesaro were by far the most fun. We heard them before at our red carpet SummerSlam interview last year where they're going on about Game of Thrones for 15 minutes. These guys, you don't end the interview. They, they just linger. They just hang around. We feel like we can go out for beers and hang out all day. You know what? Listening to it, though, I actually didn't think it was their best. Like, you, when you interviewed them at the Hall of Fame, is that what the last time? I think, you're, I think it was SummerSlam last year when Nick and I did something. Long, oh, long yeah, time. maybe that's, that's what it was, the 2K event. Um, I thought th that interview was more fun. They kind of seemed like a little subdued here. Seamus the, was, but I wiggled them yeah. out. I wiggled them out over time. They, they're, they're just fun. Oh, they're I, great. They're great together. They're entertaining. I'm not trying to say anything about them. 
I'm just saying like, I've heard better interviews with them, with you is what I'm saying. That's, That's all. That's fair, fair statement. Um, there's okay. just like a, a real fun approachability with them. I mean, look at that, you know, that's something. I know there's a lot of listeners out here who don't get to no, meet, it's true. meet these guys one-on-one like we do. And some of them, you can feel a wall between you and them. And guys like Seamus and Cesaro, you feel like you can be like, hey, bro, like, let's, what's your number? Let's start texting. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, they, like you could just kind of, I could bro with these guys. I could, I could hang out with these guys. And that's certainly, you know, and hey, look, Seamus saying CBS needs to give me a, uh, a show on TV. I'm not going to fight him on that. Of course. No. And you're right. I think the approachability of those guys, actually everyone in this segment, those guys, Jinder and Rusev. And I, well, I guess we'll get to Rusev eventually. That I thoroughly enjoyed that interview. Um, I like the bar and I like the situation that they're in right now because they would get lost in a main event or mid card picture. Whereas they are now one of the top three tag teams on the entire roster. They've held the titles multiple times for exceedingly long stretches. And it may be annoying because what else are they going to do with them? You can only be champion and contend for the championship so much, but I don't get bored when their music hits. And when I see them in the ring, I'm always entertained. There's always a unique thing to the match. So I'm happy with what they're doing with them. Yeah. And I mentioned it in that uh, audio, which you couldn't see. They've got really cool new merch. They've got those uh, rugby soccer looking shirts with the collars and they have that cool satin eighties looking jacket that sort of has their faded uh, logo on the back there. Those, those are some cool dudes, but uh, Hey, shout out to Jinder here. I didn't know what to expect from him. Like he said in the interview, he's not, he wasn't on the card when a year ago he was the WWE champion coming in. I gotta say, look, maybe he pulled those Tony Robbins strings that I like, but Hearing him talk like that, I kind of started wanting to cheer for him again. You know, that's the second time we've spoken to Jinder. Both interviews were great. And I think the when he's given the opportunity to speak a little bit more off the cuff, it comes across so much better than those scripted written promos. And that's the truth for everyone. But you heard in this interview, this guy has a personality. He was able to laugh and joke and have fun. He told you a true story about, you know, fans watch, gathered around a television watching him in India that he saw like... That stuff matters and is really cool versus, oh, I hate America. You know, that yeah. stupid gi- the gimmick that he had. It got old real quick. But listening to this, I almost said to myself, like, I kind of miss gender every week. I know. Like, uh, he, he really grew on me. I, I fully agree. I came out of there going, like, I need to watch him do this new gimmick and give him a bit more of a chance because, look, you meet these guys, it changes your opinion. I didn't have a lot of reason to like Jinder Mahal originally. Loved him when we had him on the show the first time. This time pulls me back in. You want to cheer for him. The guy, the guy gets it. He works hard. But, man, first time interviewing Rusev, that dude, that dude is pretty cool. That dude is subtly hilarious. He was wearing this really kind of badass Sly Stallone mugshot T-shirt. Uh, look, I, I'd like to match something with that, bro. I'm telling you. I think we need to make the request for 20, 25 minutes with Rusev for the show because I was thoroughly entertained. And the fact that you you gave him the perfect question about him and Lana and he said that she married up (laughs) and continued on from there about it. I mean, this is the guy we want to see on TV. And the other thing I love that he said is that when he came back after that hiatus that he had, he knew full well and the fans obviously knew that no one wanted the flag-carrying, American-hating gimmick, and he kept telling them, we need to do something different, and what they've done different has gone over huge, and it's so good to see him being able to show some more character on TV, but it's the character that we heard on this interview 
That's what we want to see on TV. Like the guy's we really don't just quick. Yeah, the stuff. He's really quick and funny, and man, I, I hope there's a long term push for this guy. And uh, it, it's just he. We we didn't want that flag match with Cena as badly as he did. Oh, so when you hear God. the guys, when you hear Finn Balor last week talk about the Pumpkin Demon, and it's like. Oh, man. But, uh, hey, great stuff. Shout out to WWE for the access for all these guys. Always fun, whether it's Mania Week, whether it's SummerSlam Week, to get this kind of time and get off some of the wrestling questions, get a little bit more on the real life. But, hey, that's the ITC bonus edition for this week. Thanks for joining us. Check out the boxing edition from this past Monday with prospect Ryan Garcia. And check us out on the return Wednesday of the regular pro wrestling edition. For now, it's going to be you and me, Adam. We'll see what the future brings with Nick. I, uh, you know, there's only so much I can really comment on as some things are sort of, I don't know, litigation's not the right word, but some things <laughs> we're sort of trying to, uh, trying to work out. We're trying to work some things out behind it. I know I got the, I got the DMS. I got the tweets. This is like hearing mommy and daddy fight. Silver King's like the, you know, stepchild in the middle of this. I don't know, whatever, but uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how it became between you and him when it was you and I going head to head. But I, I what well, I will see, say he steals is, people's thunder. You just saw it right there, right? You what I what right. I will say is that you um you got very upset when for once he finally didn't agree with you. And maybe that's something you need to talk to Dr. Shelby about. We got a couple of tweets suggesting a session with Dr. Dr. Shelby. Shelby. Maybe Stein? that's what needs to happen. You mean Dr. Shelby Stein? Is that who you're talking about? Just because he's a doctor doesn't mean you have to make him Jewish, but yeah. Well, I was talking that could be you in the in the in the middle to try to to mend this relationship, but uh, you I know, mean he decided he he agreed with me, so I I don't think like anything true. else needs to be done. That so. is true, but uh, yeah, he you know there's a window he went through it, and I, we'll see what the what, what's going to happen in the defenestrated. Yes, yes, yeah. Hey, that's the show. Enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it got you off. Is that what gets you off? Don't you understand? We get. They never, they never get us off, Adam. You got anything more to say? I'm just going to sh- say goodnight to this. I'm just going to no, say goodnight. Fo- follow us at In This Corner CBS. Yeah, stay tuned to BC's Twitter at B Campbell CBS and mine at Silverstein Adam for some of these videos of these interviews that we will be putting out. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about In This Corner. That's how we grow by word of mouth. And leave us that five star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. There it is. Say goodbye. It's over. Hey, no, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. That's a little rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. That's it. We out.